0: Welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. This week, we're going to talk about electric buses and we're going to talk about batteries. And we're going to talk about both of those with Gareth Joyce. Gareth is the CEO of Proterra Incorporated. It is a company that has been around for quite a few years, although often is lumped in with uh, newer companies, sort of, uh, you know, growing, small growing companies, but really a lot more to that. In a tough market, Proterra. Is trying to conserve cash while bringing its new Proterra powered plant in Greer, South Carolina, online. We'll talk to Garth about that after these headlines. We don't talk a lot about Toyota here on Truck Tech simply because they don't do that much in the commercial vehicle space. Uh, Other than a a fuel cell, a heavy duty fuel cell uh, operation in Kentucky that goes online later this year that will supply uh, Pacar, Kenworth, and Peterbilt. Uh, we don't get into them, but they announced something that is significant, and that is its attempt and plans for producing solid-state batteries by 2027. Solid-state batteries would allow for a range, a single uh, charge range of up to 600 miles uh, on, on just one charge. That is a game changer in terms of what can be done. Tesla today can give you about 530 miles On a single charge. This doesn't have an immediate impact in trucking, but it could over time, where the uh, the longest range really for an electric truck before recharging today is maybe 250 to 300 miles. So let's stay tuned with that. We'll see what Toyota has up, up in planning for commercial trucks with that, as well as with the fuel cell space. Another company we don't talk a lot about is Mullen Automotive. Interesting here that the company, which is really a roll-up of a lot of other companies that tried to make it in the medium-duty space, is now planning to do a lightweight truck body for its Class Three, literally called the Three uh, uh, Truck, and it will be working with Phoenix—that's P H E N I X, not the city in Arizona—one uh, of California's largest providers of work trucks and equipment, and especially truck bodies to uh, to bring this to market. Um, those, uh there are pre-production models available for testing uh, now. I guess if you contact Mullen, they can work with you on that. Lastly, check out my story uh, this week on Lightning E Motors, which uh, we had an opportunity to catch up with Tim Reeser last week over in Detroit, and uh, a longer piece for 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 me, really, but something that gets into sort of the full picture of what's happening with this company that is trying to create a niche out of uh, uh, small school buses and also, you know, airport shuttle vans and things like that. Um, Tim is optimistic about the business despite some hard times financially. It's another company, not so unlike Proterra that we're talking to you today, that has been around since the uh, 2000s, but really only became popular after it uh, decided to go public via a SPAC merger. So um, we'll get we'll have Tim as a guest on the show here on June 28th. So you'll get to see a little more of him, but uh, recommend that story to you uh, today. In all humility, please, um, I recommend that. Now, let's welcome Gareth Joyce, the CEO of Proterra. Gareth, um did his first interview during a Freight Waves event back in, uh, I think, January of 2022, right after you became uh, the CEO of the company. Gareth, it is great to have you. Um, I, I guess I, very quickly, you know, Portera has been around since 2004, and you were mostly known for building uh, transit buses, electric transit buses. More recently, you've been a supplier of, uh, of batteries to some uh, heavy duty uh, companies, startups like Nikola and also uh, Volta Trucks. Um, and, and, you know, you're working with uh, Dimeway Truck North America and uh, uh, the Thomas Built Bus Group to uh, create uh, uh, battery packs for those buses as well. So now, I guess, really the Proterra Power Unit, which focuses on making battery packs for a range of businesses, um, you know, is, is sort of the focus. And uh, you joined the company from Delta Airlines back in 2020, uh, where you were the first uh, chief sustainability officer at the airline uh, at Delta. Um, So it's great to have you. Good to see you again. It's been a little while, but I really appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Uh, Well, thank you for having me on the show today, and uh, it's nice to be back with you.
0: Yeah, I I, I neglected to mention that you had a a, a nice honor, and I guess some work that came your way from President Biden back in February when you were named to the President's Export Council. Um, This is, I guess, the principal National Advisory Council on International Trade. Uh, that's a that's a big one for you, I would think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a real privilege to be a part of that. Uh, and also to be playing an important role in helping develop our economy here in the US beyond just the work we're doing in our own company. I'm very privileged to have that opportunity. Thank
0: you. Yeah, well, you know, there's so much to talk about in this space and we spend a great deal of time writing about it, talking to folks like yourself. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess I just want to jump in. You know, your company continues to get really positive reviews on the product side. I've talked to Daimler, I've talked to uh, uh, Lightning eMotors, I mentioned a moment ago, and, and both of them are big fans of what of the work that you do. Um, I guess it's kind of a philosophical question to start with. How does a good reputation like that for product translate uh, to, to business results? Or, or, or is there a connection that you see? Yeah, of course,
1: there's a connection for sure. Uh, I think building a strong brand uh, requires a number of things. One, you've got to have leading products and technologies, which I believe we have in our Proterra-powered product. But two, you've also got to have a reputation for reliability, and, and that's not just in the product itself, but also uh, in producing a product. So one of the big transformative moments for us as a company, as we've shifted from a startup towards a scaling organization, is investing in our manufacturing capacity and our supply chain capacity, in order to be able to produce you know, hundreds or thousands of a particular product for a particular customer. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, Dyna Trucks North America, who's a great customer of ours, we deliver our batteries for their uh, Freightliner custom chassis product, as well as their Thomas built school buses. And so when you have demand in the market, like we see for the school buses, you where know, parents are really proud to be putting their children on clean school buses. Uh, they, they depending on us to be able to produce batteries for, you know, for a production line for a year plus, you know, to, to put those vehicles in the school districts and run every day.
0: I guess, you know, you, you raise a really important point there, and, and it often goes unsaid. And that is that this really is about cleaning up the environment. And when you think about the kids getting on a bus that doesn't have emissions and doesn't, you know, spew out anything uh, out the back end, that, that's, that really is a big deal. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, uh, Gareth, that uh, we're, we're starting to see now the automotive and the commercial vehicle industry moving towards a little bit different chemistry, lithium iron phosphate, which of course is a, a lithium ion battery, but a little different chemistry than nickel metal cobalt. Um, I'm wondering how you see the role of, of uh, 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 LPF uh, or at, at Proterra, and if you see a role for it. Well,
1: there, there are different chemistries out there, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, you might have noted that uh, we have made an investment uh, in an LFP uh, company that is US-based. Uh, we think that LFP definitely has a place. It is a chemistry that would work for certain product applications. But at this point, you know, our uh, prime path is a nickel-based chemistry. We are producing batteries for commercial vehicles, Commercial vehicles need high energy density because it's a working product that needs you to not take away from carrying capacity. You know, it's a revenue-generating asset. And so our nickel-based chemistries allow us to deliver industry-leading energy density on a very safe platform. And we still believe that that's really where the sweet spot of the commercial vehicle market is. Uh, You mentioned the clean school buses. You know, we're a mission-driven company and you know, when you consider that the uh, medium and heavy-duty trucks uh, and buses are only about five percent of the vehicles in the ro- on the road in North America, they account for about 25 percent of the emissions. So for us, we like the idea of having an outsized impact on the communities we live in by delivering batteries for these commercial vehicle operators. And as I said, you know, our nickel-based chemistries today in the cylindrical format Help us to do that very success- successfully, and uh, we continue to lead the industry. We believe.
0: Are you concerned at all about availability of both nickel and cobalt and some of these rare earth uh, materials? That honestly, we don't have a great supply chain, uh, you know, in the U.S. for at this point. Uh, are you concerned about availability over time? Well, first of all, I you know, we're very excited about the uh, relationship
1: we have with algae. As you noted, algae has made an investment uh, to build a facility in Arizona which will produce cylindrical cells in the format that we use. And so that's a, a, you know, a really valuable investment in the U.S. economy. But we're kind of seeing more of this happening through the Inflation Reduction Act where uh, that has helped to ensure that the supply chain all the way from Tier 1, Tier 2, right through to raw material sourcing is going to get developed as this transformation towards battery-powered commercial vehicles and passenger cars continues to accelerate in the decades that lie ahead
0: of us. I'm sure you have a number of test cells and are looking at different chemistries. What else out there looks good right now or looks promising in in the chemistry space? And again, we're not talking to a chemical audience, but... I'm just curious what else is out there that, that interests you uh, in the, in the uh, development. Yeah, pr-
1: product development is a very important piece of our strategy. Uh, we have our current production technologies, which uh, are helping us deliver the products that we are already today, which are uh, leading the industry, as I mentioned. Um, we find them in products, like you said, you know, the, the Lightning E-Motors product is one example, but also the Diamond Trucks product. Um, the shift blue arc, etc. We obviously also need to continue to invest in the future and make sure that we're helping to drive energy density up, but also cost down at the same time as this industry matures. Some of that will come through cell technology, and we continue to test, as you said in our labs, a variety of different cells to make sure that we're ready to move to next generation technology as it matures, and is ready to give us the performance we need, but most importantly, with the safety and reliability.
0: One of the things that I'm sure you noticed the announcement from Toyota about producing solid state batteries in 2027. Now, that's largely a passenger vehicle announcement, I think. But uh, I mentioned in the headlines uh, portion at, at the top that it's something that could, in fact, affect trucks eventually, and we know that. QuantumScape and others have talked about solid-state batteries. Um, is this something that is exciting uh, to you? Uh, and is it something that you could see, uh, you know, in your future as well? Perhaps obviously not making them, but maybe, you know, having them. Yeah, we, we as I mentioned, continue to monitor, monitor cell
1: technologies on a continuous basis. Um, solid-state is clearly a technology that we would like to see develop and evolve. Uh, as far as we are concerned today, you know, we're producing... Batteries right now. We've got nearly 1,800 vehicle sets of batteries out there f- throughout ProTera powered product, plus more than 1,000 of our own transit buses out there in the market. And they have to rely on current state technologies. Uh, solid state is very much something that couldn't influence the future of cell technology, uh, and we'll continue to observe it. But for for the moment, we're very comfortable with the nickel based chemistries that we're using because it's giving us an industry leading product
0: already. Let's uh, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, transit buses would seem to be in great shape right now uh, with the federal incentives under the IRA and some of the state incentives such as uh, HVIP out in California. How's Proterra working with your customers to take advantage of incentives, uh, even though? eventually they're going to phase out because, you know, a lot of, once the regulations take effect, it's hard to get an incentive for something that's regulated. Well, you're right. I mean, these incentives have been, uh,
1: in many ways, just a shot in the arm for the transformation of the commercial vehicle uh, sector towards battery electric powertrains. The Infrastructure Act was uh, fundamentally important to help accelerate the adoption of battery-powered uh, transit buses, uh, because transit authorities were able to look ahead for multiple years. You know, in this case, five years out, they know that there's going to be federal funding as they look to transform their fleets, not just try one or two products. So that was really, as I said, a shot in the arm. And then add to that, the additional acceleration that came through the Inflation Reduction Act where you have uh, demand-side incentives. So you, you know, there's money available to incentivize the purchase of battery electric commercial vehicles. But in addition to that, you've got the supply-side incentives um, that are helping develop the supply chain. The $45-a-kilowatt-hour tax incentive uh, for battery and module production we think is really essential to shore up the foundation of supply for decades to come. We at Proterra believe that we would qualify for the uh, module production credit of ten dollars a kilowatt hour, and that is essential to help us continue to invest in our business and you know, add to our position of leadership already, and help us grow into the future.
0: Yeah, well, I I know that everybody I talk to, you know, talks about incentives. We just wrote the other week, though, that they're not here forever. So, you know, especially on the on the clean truck side in California, you know, they'll they'll phase out over time as regulation comes in, and of course the. The that are out, and ahead of that, can continue to collect incentives on that side. But there are, I think, I understand, uh, six hundred and fifty different incentive programs out there in the country. You know, if you talk state and federal, and of course, I think you may have referenced the EPA a moment ago. I'm not sure. Let me let me switch gears once again, uh, Gareth, and and talk to you about the Proterra One facility down in Greer, South Carolina. How is that progressing, and and how are the milestones coming in terms of you know your consolidation down there? We are extremely excited about our Powered run facility in
1: Greer. Uh, it was another step forward in our journey. We started production in January. Uh, in March, we doubled the production output of January. In April, our production was up another 15% on the March number. And we we're extremely excited to be commissioning our second line as we speak in Greer. So we we really, really enthusiastic about the ramp and the position it puts us in. To continue to supply batteries to our customers as this uh, transformation takes place, you mentioned the uh, EPA funding. Um, you know, one great example of, of putting these vehicles on the road is the uh, uh, South Carolina School District just recently ordered 160 of the Thomas Built Julie uh, school buses, which are powered by our batteries. That's the largest order of battery electric school buses in the country so far. So, so when you kind of look at the impact that we're having, uh, as I said, it's super exciting to have our facility up and ra- you know, ramping to be able to meet the demand because th- there's not a parent I know out there that's not enthusiastic to walk their child to the uh, the side, you know, sidewalk and put their child onto a school bus that is powered by a clean powertrain. No emissions, no noise.
0: Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned South Carolina because, of course, Freightliner Custom Chassis, which I think you, you supply to the... Uh, to, to the e, uh, e, uh, MT50, I'll get it right eventually, MT50, but the electric version, right? Uh, you know, you see apply to that, you also, of course, uh, have, we've talked about the, the school buses, and I wasn't aware of that large order. I think, you know, it wasn't too long ago that Thomas, Build and yourselves were celebrating 50 electric school buses. So, you know, to see that kind of order, knowing, though, that there is a lot of money out there to help get, is it 480 or 500,000 school buses? converted, uh, you know, again, not a freight story for us, but definitely one that matters in this electrification space. Let me ask you, um, as far as, uh, you know, I kind of, I do this with all my guests, you know, you're, you are a, uh, you are not a startup, right? We, we agree on that. 2004 was not yesterday. Um, but I do have the, the, I guess you get to this, the, the tougher questions and you know, concerns about your cash burn and underachieving on revenue targets seem kind of hard to shake for you What do you need to do to instill the confidence in your customers that that you, Proterra, will make it through the present kind of financial difficulties right now? Yeah, As we mentioned on
1: our uh, quarterly earnings call at the end of um, the first quarter, we are actively seeking to raise capital. Our balance sheet is really important to us, and we recognize the value of a strong balance sheet. Uh, It has empowered us so far to make the kind of investments we've made, like building our state-of-the-art facility in Greer, South Carolina. Uh, But in addition to that, for example, securing our supply agreement with algae that's helped algae to bring a commitment to the U.S. in their Arizona facility to produce cells. So a strong balance sheet. We see the value in it. and We recognize the need to continue to invest in that. And so, as mentioned, you know, we're busy in the process of seeking to raise capital, and we have a number of you know, strategic options that we're exploring.
0: Yeah, you, you know, it's it's interesting when when Jack Allen was in your role, uh, he he said to me on on one of our broadcasts, he said, "You know, we did the uh, Spac merger because we wanted to get attention for some businesses that we weren't known for, like propellant-powered Pro, Pro principally." Is what he was was talking about, and, and I realized that that. You know, you were at the company but really weren't making the decisions at that time. When you look back at the SPAC, and this happens, this is a question I ask everybody, so don't feel special, okay? But is it something where you would have done something differently or is there was there another way to do this? Because it seems that so many of the D SPAC companies have been beaten up in the market, worse than maybe those that didn't go public. Of course, we don't see their financials, so we don't really know what's happening, do we? Any thoughts there that you can share? Uh-huh. I think what's
1: important to focus on is is we took our company public. Uh, the instrument set aside, uh, it helped us raise over $600 million of capital, which was essential for us to make the kind of investments that I've just described to you, like our power bond facility and the relationship with LG. So for us, that's really what we focused on. Uh, our investor community is an important community to us, and we just want to continue to invest in the growth of the company, uh, how we got to where we got to. We're, we're comfortable with uh the is
0: so far. Okay, well that's fair. I I don't expect uh, any any uh, a rending of clothing or anything like that on these decisions. It's just interesting as we look back and we've seen that you know those that you know chose that particular path seem to be having a a little bit harder time. You know it's interesting. I watch your stock price. I don't know why I have it on my list, but I do. And and uh, I don't think I've seen a stock that bounces around as much as yours does. And I know you have nothing to do with the stock price, at least not directly. Why is that? Why are we seeing that? Well, I think as far as the investor markets go, uh, you know, that's
1: something I, I'm uh, you know not going to comment on at this point. Uh, but what I will tell you is that you know our focus is on delivering high quality products for our customers. Uh, you were at the ACT show uh, you saw that our brand is gaining in in credibility and applicability in products like you know diamond's products, as you mentioned. Uh, the Blue Arc, uh, Volta's truck, uh, Lightning Motors, uh, the Nikola truck. Um, you know, we just want to make sure we continue to lead the industry with bringing transformative products to the market because the mission, as I started out by saying for us, is what's really important. We want to make sure that we make an outsized impact on our environment by bringing you know, the right products to market for commercial vehicles to
0: electrify their powertrains. Yeah. I, I did get to see, by the way, your product at the Nikola plant. There was a, a pallet of them waiting for, I believe, the fuel cell product, which is now, you know, coming into coming into production in the fourth quarter at Nikola. Um, you know, when when you signed on, you became kind of their second battery supplier. I mean, the Romeo story is another for another day, but but obviously, you know, coming in there, uh, you know, assuming they can make it, and again, no no guarantees there, but uh, looks like you're you're in for the partnership on that one for sure. That's right. Uh, we're we're very excited to deliver to them batteries for both. It was good to see your product there. And and also, you know, to to hear, as I said at the top of the show, about, you know, some of the real positive comments that we get on on, you know, the 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 customers are happy with what they're getting. And I guess, you know, just to to sort of close out, you know, you want to root for companies that have something like you've got going, right? I mean, you want to root for them to succeed. Obviously, you know, having that line into the President's Export Council. All these things seem to go together in some way to tell a, a positive story and one that you just sort of hope can make it through, you know, some of the tougher markets that we have right now in terms of capital raising. But, uh, you know, things are starting to turn, maybe, we hope, right? Well, we uh, uh, certainly are very enthusiastic
1: about what's going on in the market, and thank you for your support. I appreciate that too. Um, as as we, we discussed throughout the, the, the show, The demand in the market is is healthy. We've seen uh, a product that's needed already being adopted by various companies, but the policy framework has been very supportive over the past twenty four months to really, as I say, just give it that extra shot in the arm to make sure that this transformation is durable and sustainable. And so, we we really have a very bullish uh, perspective on the future of battery electric power for commercial vehicles and. Uh, we're also excited to be playing such an important
0: role in that transformation. Well, Gareth, this is uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you. We wish you the best. And I look forward to my visit to the plant in Greer later this month. I look forward to having you there. And thanks for having me on the show again. Okay. All right, folks. Next week, you get, um, as they said in Toy Story, double prizes. You get our regular Wednesday show where we uh, our scheduled guest is uh, Mujib Ijaz from One. That's Our Next Energy yet another battery maker, one in that uh, lithium iron uh, phosphate space. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Mujib. And then on Thursday, we'll be in Cleveland for this uh, for the freightway teacher of supply chain, where uh, a couple of our guests will be Volterra and also Torque Robotics. So um, on the one story, of course, you have to think, for those of you old enough to know about Three Dog Night Story 1, it is definitely not the loneliest number. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.